Do they hear us now? Good <laughs> Combo Nation. What is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 405 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button if you would like to receive bonus Combo's Court content. Check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Today's episode is a recording from the Believe in Magic podcast hosted by yours truly and Max Van Auken. On today's episode, we discuss Kevin Durant's Brooklyn Nets Media Day, the Ime Udoka situation, and Bowl Bowl Plus More. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Yours truly, the one and only Andrew Combo Salad, host of Combo's Court. If you recognize the voice over there, so I'll let you speak. Go ahead, sir. We are here, Max. It's been a fun day. It's been a media day. Um, the MVP in full effect, Combo's Court in full effect, the Believe Network in full effect. Shouts to them. And uh, I'm excited for this season because it's about to get started. There you go. That's the voice of Combo's Court. Then myself, Max Van Auken, the host of the Max Van Auken podcast, the MVP. You are correct. It is media day. The NBA season is definitely on the way here. This is kind of getting the juices flowing. You sent me a text saying, did you see the Kevin Durant press conference? I said, no, I've been at work. He said, well, you got to watch it, especially before we record the podcast, right? So I just watched it, and man, that got me fired up to record this podcast. A combo, I'm going to say something. But before I say it, I want to add some clarity and some context. You know, you know, just because of how many times you and I have recorded podcasts and talking off air, we're not into the tearing people down business. I'm not into like personally, I don't have any vendetta against any player. <clears throat> I'm a full type of person. I'm not into doing that. And at the end of the day, everyone is their own individual. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm allowed to give my opinion. Like if you were to do something stupid, for example, like combo, you know, that probably wasn't a good idea. And here's why like, I'm going to give you my opinion. But you always make great decisions, by the way. We don't have to ever worry about that. But the case is this. Combo, I watched that press conference. I even have a pen in my hand. That's how you know I'm serious. I watched that press conference, and that infuriated me. I've interviewed Kevin Durant. I think he's one of the most skilled basketball players of all time. I'm not. This has nothing to do about with him on the court. This has to do with Kevin Durant probably making one of the worst decisions a superstar has ever made in all of sports. He left so many championships off the table. And there are three things that he said that really bother me. Stable. So stability. Championship. Culture. All three of those things, Golden State had the best of. No one has a better culture right now in the NBA than Golden yeah. State. No one is winning more championships right now than Golden State. And nobody is more stable right now than Golden State. And you left that. So you, in my, in my opinion... You have no room to then all of a sudden complain that you don't have that there. Like, you chose this situation. 
And I just feel like there was a lot of finger pointing. There was like, oh, they could have done this. They could have done that. I never heard one time I, like, I never heard one time I could have done this. I could have been better. Like you just got swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. This can't all just be on everybody else. You created this environment and you're supposed to be the guy in the environment. So if it all goes like this, you're the mastermind behind it all. Why is there no accountability as far as I? And I'm not saying he's LeBron, but at one point in time when he was beat LeBron, right? A lot of people are like, oh, he's, he's better than LeBron. He's better than this. Okay, so if you're going to be in that type of conversation of the best player in the world, then you're going to be held to those type of standards. And I just, when I watched that, it infuriated me. Yeah, I will say he had some well-thought-out answers. The thing that I would say not quite infuriated me, but as a podcaster, I kind of like to read in between the lines that I could probably hear some things that others can't hear. So when he said he didn't like the way the team handled adversity when he wasn't playing was one of the reasons he wanted to leave. So he didn't want to handle diversity of his team not wanting to handle adversity. Two wrongs don't always make a right. So I found that kind of ridiculous. Come on, man. Come on, Kevin. Be better than this, Kevin. I'm just... Honestly, if we... In honor of media days, for anyone listening to this podcast, my homework assignment for you would be this. Go back to Kevin Durant, Oklahoma City. And I understand people change over time. Situation matters. <clears throat> that all matter, right? Ever since he went to Golden State... And he had the criticism of the whole world saying, you just took the easy way out. That Those aren't real championships. Whatever the case may be about how you feel going to Golden State, it clearly affected him. Because ever since Golden State is when you got the burner accounts, when you started him going at it with media members, it always feels like he has something to prove. And he now he goes to Brooklyn and he feels like he has something. Like, it's always this, I'm not a therapist by any means. I'm not someone who's a psychologist. I'm not going to say he has these insecurities. But it doesn't take rocket science to observe ever since he left for Golden State, he's been a different person when it comes to his involvement with the media. Is that fair to say? It is. It is. And you spoke about the word culture, and I think there's only a few teams in the league with it. I think it's the Warriors. I think it's the Spurs. I think it's definitely the Heat. I mean, Grizzlies and Toronto are right there on the borderline of it because they're a little bit younger. But he was pointing to things that he wanted in a team that usually has great culture. Now, the whole thing about the Nets were you have to assume going into that situation that great culture isn't built. So basically, you're trying to defy the odds and out-talent teams with more culture than you. So you to just point to things that are usually built by culture, I think, is a little ridiculous. So, yeah, those things that he was talking about, he had to know that they weren't going to be in place. Like, they just threw this team together. It just... It's frustrating me, man. And honestly, it's like I said, I'm never going to be like, oh, you should or shouldn't do that. Now, personally, I do think it was a weak move, so to speak, when it comes from a competitive standpoint going to Golden State. But it was a smart move because it's if you just want to focus on playing basketball, okay, Golden State clearly is the place to be because you have a culture. Steph Curry is going to answer the tough media questions. You have great front office. You have like that's the perfect place for you to be Kevin Durant. And it was. But can you name me? And we'll stick to the NBA. We don't have to go all of sports, even though I would say all of sports. Can you name me a player who has made a decision that has left as many championships on the table as Kevin Durant? Hmm, that's an interesting question. No, no NBA championships guaranteed, obviously, but we can all, I think it's fair to say if Kevin Durant returned to the Golden State Warriors, 
and they were able to bounce back a little bit healthy because they obviously had a lot of injuries when they lost to the Raptors. If they were to just be somewhat healthy, we could definitely say they had another championship or two left in them. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he was the best player in the world, in my opinion, maybe outside of LeBron. So when you add him to one of the top 10 players of all time with Steph Curry and that culture they have with Draymond and Clay. Yeah, man, I think they could have had even a crazier dynasty. And I know there's a debate if there's a dynasty right now. I believe there are a dynasty right now, even though part of the dynasty, Katie, wasn't even there. I'm going to bump my shirt up all the way. I mean business this episode. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, can you, let me just hold on. Let me put this up. Can you name me? It doesn't feel right, but it means I'm serious. So, can you name me one? You can't name me one player. I would have to think about it. You can, we did talk about this in uh, pre-production, even though we, even though our pre-productions are a little short sometimes. Yeah, they are because we just <laughs> we know how to just talk the talk. <laughs> what would come to mind? People may say, "Well, when LeBron left Miami, well, clearly Wade had no more knees anymore. Chris Bosh wasn't the same player. Obviously, it was an aging roster. So I would I would say not LeBron James. Um, you mm-hmm. think of any. Maybe Kawhi in Toronto. No, I mean, they won that championship, but I don't see them going back to back. Like, I'm thinking of all the modern stars. Oh, I guess I I guess some would say Jordan could have had eight if he didn't go to baseball. Yeah, that's that's probably the closest thing. But see, it doesn't feel like that was a big mistake because he was doing it in honor of his father. Right. Right, So he's. Got to unbutton this. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, he was chasing his father, like his father is wanting his dream of him playing baseball. Kevin Durant leaving just go to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie Irving and James Harden. We could have all, I mean, yes, it was crazy talent when you see it on paper, but we all in the back of our minds, the the biggest rebuttal was that's a lot of egos going on. Like, why would you trade that for Golden State? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, oh, and man. if you would have stayed at OKC. Probably could have won, won, won some there, and then that would have really helped his legacy out even more than those Warriors championships because you know all championships aren't created equal when we're comparing the all-time greats. I'm saying, man, it just – that's why, like, I understand, like you said, he did have some well-articulated sentences, some good answers, but I'm like, yeah. man, I'm not buying this because I don't have any sympathy when you're in a perfect situation. You leave to go to a situation that is definitely not perfect, and now you're worried that it's not perfect. I'm like – I think if you're one of those people that had the theory that they came to an agreement just to reset the leverage so they could trade him at a later date, I think your theory looks better now after that press conference, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. And I, I just, yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, I just, I'm not, well, I'm sure we'll have more NBA previews as we go closer to the season on who we think is going to win and whatnot. And I know you and I agree on the MVP this year, but mm-hmm. I would not buy stock in this Brooklyn team whatsoever. I wouldn't. I've seen the Ben Simmons recent interview about shooting more threes, and I'm not completely. I was trying to say buy Ben Simmons stock. Did you Did you watch the whole interview? Great interview. Whole interview, but I always love JJ Reddick's work, so I know I I want to. And I was watching the clips. You know what I mean? I I must admit I was a victim to the social media. Just watch that real quick. Yeah, you know what it is like. Sometimes with these interviews, you don't get the whole gist of it with all like the clips because a lot of it is very clickbaity, especially when they start repurposing it on, on different people's platforms that have nothing to do with JJ Reddick. You know, it's kind of like the Russell Westbrook, Pat Beverly thing that was taken out of context. In my opinion, I don't think I've heard anybody talk about this because Pat Beverly said that tough conversations will be had, but I don't think he was referring to his past with Russell Westbrook. He was referring (laughs) to that within any season, 
when you're going to greatness, you're going to have tough conversations with everybody. So you saw that headline and you thought it was with Russell and Pat Bev, but you could give a million of examples of that. They do it to us on the regular combo. Come on now, let's be honest. We're getting we're getting attacked left and right on social media, but we, we go toe-to-toe with them. They're but, attacking us that we don't talk about the magic enough, and we haven't talked about the magic. But when the season starts, we got you, man. Well, so we could t- I mean, they have media day. This is actually one of the um, – you know, believe it or not, out of my three years of covering the magic. Believe I it or actually, not, I saw what you did there with the believe. You saw that? I um, didn't go to a media day. I was never able to attend a media day. Uh, scheduling and whatnot, I never actually was able to do that. But I won't obviously be in Orlando for the start of the season this year, um, which is kind of unfortunate. But hopefully we'll see. We'll cross paths with that when it comes to NBA coverage. But – Regardless, we can't talk Orlando Magic basketball. I just definitely was, when I saw that Kevin Durant interview and I'm looking at the teams in the East and I'm looking at the Lakers and I'm watching all these different things, I'm like, that one just to me, it just didn't sit well with me. You know what I mean? Did that come to mind, the thing I was talking about with what he said, like he didn't like the way they were handling adversity and then he's the one who wants to leave the adversity? I mean, that was kind of crazy to me. Yeah, it's just so hypocritical. It doesn't make sense. Like, and he says, well, like the way that the you players- have to you have to be part of the culture. Like you have to find ways to help your teammates become better and talk to them and tell them I'm coming back and I want to fit in this way. Like you got to be able to communicate that or maybe you don't, but it's not beneficial to the team. Like I can't, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, but there's certain things that you do that is beneficial to having a winning culture. Yeah. And combo, he's just not another guy. Like, you're Kevin freaking Durant. You're the man of the team. So what you say goes. There's a reason why the Warriors are egoless. Yeah, they have a great front office and it trickles down, but Steph Curry's egoless. Like, hey, I'll take a backseat. Kevin Durant, you come in, even though I'm just the unanimous MVP ever. So if Steph Curry is egoless, then you have no reason to have an ego. Jordan Poole, you have no reason to have an ego. Clay, Draymond, like, it starts with the leader. And so Kevin Durant, you want to be that guy, and then you want to talk about culture. Well, you're a huge part of that culture. And so to your my whole thing, too, is, oh, well, I didn't like the way that they played when I wasn't playing. They shouldn't be as reliant on me. That's fair, but then that's when you come in, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's what your role is supposed to be then. There's more to just being the best player than on the court talent. You have to be the guy in the locker room. No, I agree with you. And I will say, like, I think he does speak his truth and he doesn't tailor his answers to the media. So he's just going to tell it like how he sees it, if you agree with it or not. But, you know, like I could see why people wouldn't agree with it. I'm going to throw this theory at you. Tell me what you think. I'm not, again, I don't I know. I feel like I'm breaking this man down like I'm a psychologist. But listen to this. Does it seem like he, okay, we're not questioning. He loves the game of basketball. He, there's nothing he enjoys more than being a basketball player. I don't think he's a fan of being an NBA player. I, I'm, what I mean by that is like what comes with it. Like, the body language. As soon as he goes to the podium, he doesn't like dealing with the media. He doesn't like dealing with the criticism, the Twitter, the social media, the the attention. Well, he, he obviously engage. loves social media and Twitter because you could just turn your phone off or erase Twitter. So yeah. the 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 NBA part is his job, and he gets paid a lot of money to do it. So he has to show up and do it. And I think you're right. Like he'd be playing basketball even if um, the money wasn't involved. Which James Harden actually said that about himself today which I thought was a great quote. He also mentioned hill sprints, which I love and I still do once a week. And I think it's beneficial for every basketball player, but get me back to the point where, where, what did you just say? So I can get back to it. Cause I don't want to lose my train of thought. He's in love with basketball. He's not yeah. in love with being. 
Yeah, no, I could see that. That makes sense. Like, he might not like the attention, but as I just said, like, the social media stuff is his choice. You know? Yeah, yeah I think they bring a lot of it upon themselves, and then they wonder yeah. why he is asking these questions. These are all fair questions. I mean, you requested out of nowhere to get traded out of Brooklyn. Like, that's going to cut. Like, you should have known that if, question is going to Yeah, if he took the James Harden <laughs> approach with media and social media, he probably wouldn't have as much scrutiny. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, every action has a reaction. I don't know, man. I, and there's, yeah. I, I, if I'm if I'm listening to this podcast, if you're an NBA fan, us as breaking down the game as podcasters and media members, I'm not buying stock in Brooklyn. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, I mean. They're not championship contenders in my book. Wow. I mean, they added some really good pieces. I think Ben, Kyrie, and Katie on paper fit really well together. They have crazy shooting around them with Joe Harris, Patty Mills. Um, I'm missing people here. Kevin Durant yeah. and Kyrie are great shooters, obviously. So um, I think it's a great fit on the roster. And you got some tough guys with playoff experience on there. So, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying, Wed. It comes to uh, it all trickles down from maybe Katie's attitude, and you're worried about that. Yes, sir. Um, I have another topic I want to throw at you. Okay. I was sitting in the Odd Couple, so Rob Parker had me come down. Shout out to Chris Broussard and Rob P. Um, and one of the big topics that they were talking about, I'm like, man, yeah, Combo and I got to talk about this because it's a weird situation, right? It's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's one that needs to be had. Coach Udoka. Mm. Talk about the Boston Celtics, right? So we're talking about the East. We just talked about contenders, the the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. The Boston Celtics were just in the finals against the Golden State Warriors. You got a young team. You add Brogdon. They look like they could be the favorites to come out of the East. They're at least one of them. And then this situation happens. And Rob Parker brought up a very interesting port, uh, point. So we know Coach Udoka is out of coaching for this year. And according to reports and most people around, well-sourced, act like he's probably not going to coach with the Boston Celtics again. Right. Um, what we know. But the mysterious part of this whole thing is we don't have all the information. We just know it was some type of sexual relation with one of the co one of his workers there. It was consensual. And I like I said, I know this is an uncomfortable conversation, but it's important. And Matt Barnes was like, man, Boston, you got to be kidding me. But then apparently he took down that post and made a new one. And he said, wow, I just got information from one of my sources. And it is a hundred times worse than what I thought. Now, this is Matt Barnes. And for those listening to all the smoke, like he's a pretty unfiltered guy. He could take a lot of stuff. He's a tough dude. So for him to say it's a hundred times worse than what he thought, worse than you can imagine, that's pretty, that's insane. Like it makes you wonder, right? That has to be dumbfounded because Matt Barnes says it was a hundred times uglier, I think was the words that he used. Yeah. But the Celtics didn't think it was ugly enough for them to fire him. So I don't know where that lands with this situation. I don't even know what to think. I would say that there is a lot of people that seem to have the information. They're just not spilling the beans. Right. And what I'm thinking is obviously because of lawsuits, they're going through the legality, like the legal process of it all. So they can't fire him right away. So what they have to do is suspend him for a year. Maybe. Kind of play out the way it's supposed to. I'm Maybe. not acting like a lawyer by any means, but there's some things I need to figure out so they don't get sued and like lawsuits and whatnot. And then mm -hmm. they're going to go, say, yeah, he's done. And also, usually when you fire somebody, you have to pay them. Mm. So if there's some grounds maybe where they wouldn't have to pay them, if he is in violation of some sort, then maybe that changes things in that department. I'm not sure. 
I'm not a lawyer just like yourself, but that is an interesting take what you're saying. Like maybe they want to fire, but they don't want to fire him yet. But like that nuance right there with Matt Barnes saying it's a hundred times uglier and the Celtics not firing him. It's like, where does that land? Like, yeah, what's really going on And there obviously can't release anything else more right now, but we do know um, I'm probably going to butcher his last name. The interim head coach, coach Joe Mazzula. Yes, I think I'm pretty that's good. Say. Yeah, um, the young, one of the youngest coaches in the NBA. Um, he's going to be 35, so Al Horford will be older than him, and he'll be playing for him. So that'll be really interesting. Shout out to Coach Joe right there. There's so many Coach Joes out there, by the way. I feel like everyone has had a Coach Joe. Um, I know I have. I certainly have had a Coach I've had two Coach Joes. I've had friends named Joe. I don't know about a coach. That's interesting. Everyone man. knows a Joe. Oh, everyone knows a Joe. Every, like, everybody knows a Mike. If you live in this country and you don't know a Mike, that's crazy. My stepfather's name Mike. Yeah, come on, like, like that, that's a good that's a good Twitter question. Is there anybody out there that doesn't know somebody named Mike? But you know what? It's almost impossible now because people feel like they know each other on social media. So think of how hard it was to not know a Mike before social media. Now with social media, you know everybody. So. Yeah, I'm just everywhere you go. There's a Joe. There's a Mike, and so it's like Mike one, Mike two. It, it's crazy. Mike. What do you think? What do you think is the third most popular name? Steve. I was going to say Steve. Steve's pretty popular. You got Coach Steve, Kevin Durant, Coach Steve, and I talk. Steve Nash, like Steve Kerr. The yes, list goes Steve's, on. Yeah, Steve's popular. Yeah, yeah. Steve, Joe, and uh, Peter. Um, nah, Peter's. Not I don't know. Uh, Peter. I don't know. Nah. You don't like Peter? I don't know. If your name's Peter, I, I'm thinking twice. You think that? What do you think? They're creepy? I don't know. I just. It <laughs> may, I, I just. I take a second. You know what I mean? I have to probably- Yo, Peter sounds a little creepy, right? Shouts all the Peters out there that listen to our podcast. Though we appreciate you. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the other Peters. Well, Actually, wait. I, Pistol Pete, though. So he was a. He was a real you, one. He was a real one. Pete. That's true. It was Pete. It was Pistol. Yeah. They just yeah, Peter over there. It's like, ah, is he? Yeah, he, you know? he was definitely a real one. Yeah, I don't know. Like today, I was uh, I was working on the herd, and this guy came. He was talking. He was like, you know, if because the Jeffrey Dahmer thing just came out on Netflix, and he was like, if someone was like, no, don't call me Jeff, call me Jeffrey, like that would that would creep you out a little bit. And I was like, I, I never really thought about that. He's like, yeah, I mean, who really wants to go by their full name? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't think about that, and so it just made me think. And so now, Coach it, Joe, like the name is Max your full name? It is M A X. That's what's on the birth. Three is my favorite number. Three is the letters in my name. Three, I'm a shooter. I was born on the third. Whoa. You should Come be at- saying that at every podcast. That's good. Right I there. just made that up, too. You got bars. Combo. Two Mac and M. That's what they called me in high school. Um, but anyway, yeah, that Boston situation, it's a problem. Uh, I, I certainly think it's going to take some adjustment, which is really unfortunate. Because, right, you, like I said, you have a young squad just in the championship. Jason Tatum clearly is taking a step. We both believe Jalen Brown is going to take another step. You add Brogdon. Does this – it's so hard to evaluate the situation, but from just this point right now, does this change your mind about them at all? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah I mean, I didn't think they were going to win a championship this year necessarily, but it definitely lessens their chances, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. This guy's a young coach. He's a new coach. They had momentum. I'm sure he's a great coach, but it's just hard to restart things. But then again, sometimes when you give a team a new look and you could keep what they have, but give them a new look, it happened with the Lakers back in the eighties when, um, yeah, okay. Paul, no, cause they just had a winning time. You know, Paul Westhead was the coach. 
the guy Jack before him actually got in a motorcycle accident. You know, he was out. You know, Westhead came in. They won a championship. Then Irvin wanted Westhead done with the new look of Pat Riley. They won multiple championships. So you never know. Combo. This is why you get paid the big bucks. You're giving us history lessons on the Lakers in the 80s based off a motorcycle accident. Who are you? I am that dude. I am him. You are him. You are Joe. <laughs> but uh, Not Joe. I'm com- combo did. Oh, Max did. Oh, okay. We're here. Like that guy, dude. Um, let's talk Orlando, Orlando Magic basketball combo. I've already, uh, I don't know if I told you this. I think you and I have had this conversation because we talked about the 2K ratings. Um, yeah. LeSean McCoy asked me, he's like, who is the best Orlando Magic player? And immediately they say whatever the first thought comes to mind is usually the one that you're really thinking or like honest, right? I said Paolo. Yeah, that's the first person to come to mind, but I wouldn't be mad if somebody said Franz. I told him, I said, Paolo's one, Franz is two, Wendell was the most productive. Yeah, Wendell's going to take a leap this season, too. Yeah, what's your, your – a lot of people say leap. What is your definition of a leap? Is, there, is that a stat? Is that a contribution impact? How do you define your leap? All of that. And also perceived impact on the game. Once you start doing it for more than a whole season at that level because he kept continued to get better and show new things, and once he could show it throughout the whole season, which he did a pretty good job of last season, <laughs> and then you start winning – a perceived leap might be even more important than the actual leap, like what people are seeing, because he's already been good and he's already been getting better for a while now. I like that. I'm currently going to tell you right now, because like I said, there was team photos um, on what's going on, obviously media day interviews, trying to see if there's anything else that stood out. Cole Anthony, T. Ross is still on the roster. Jonathan Isaac. What are your expectations for him? I get asked that question a lot. I know Chris and Rob asked me that one time. They're like, can Jonathan Isaac be that guy if healthy? And it's hard to give that type of answer because we always say, right, availability is the best ability, but he's positionless basketball in 2022. Yeah, no, he fits the modern big to a T. So it's all about health with him. And I think he could come back. He just has to come healthy. Like people have come back from his injuries and played really well before. Torn ACL, I've had two of them, so – I know that if you work hard at it, if you enjoy the process, which I know is a cliche, you know, you can find other ways to get better. You know, you're watching the game. You're improving other parts of your body through weight training and different types of training. You take a step back. You have perspective. There's different things you could do. It's almost like if you injure your right hand, you work on your left hand. So um, the obstacle is the way, Max, and I think you can come back. You're a part-time motivational speaker. I've come to grips with that. The Um, basketball philosopher, combo. I like that. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to do with the show, is, it's up to you, Combo. Bull Bull. He's the mm-hmm. unicorn. He's a 2K player. He makes it look like it's not real. He's all those things. But at the same time, let's be honest with ourselves, there have been reports of him not... I know I've heard, especially being in the building when I was there, the love, the work ethic, the the wanting it more the showing up early late nights type of thing. They don't really get that from him. That's what been, that's what the complaint has been the work ethic. And does he love the game? And that's always a huge red flag for me. I understand you're not, everyone's going to be Kobe Bryant. Not everyone's going to be Michael Jordan, LeBron with the work ethic and loving the game, but you got to know, I know that you're giving it your all. What do you expect from that type of guy? So when people see him, like, I think there's been a couple magic players. I forget who it was. It was Terrence Ross or Fultz to say, he does things that you can't even imagine. 
what can we as Magic fans, um, people that pay attention to the Orlando Magic on a daily, what are your expectations for him or what are some things you want to see from him? Years back, the first time I saw Bo Bo play in person was at Christ the King High School for this national high school championship classic. I don't know the exact name of it, but I think it was covered by ESPN uh, to some effect. I remember seeing like ESPN billboards there or whatever. But uh, besides that, I did notice that he lacked motor. Like he didn't play hard throughout the course of the game. Didn't look too engaged, but you obviously saw the size, skill, and athleticism he had, and you knew he had a lot of potential. But I would see seeing him in summer league a few years later, that passion was coming out, and obviously he was really fun to watch in summer league. You mentioned it. like He looked like a created 2K player. He looked didn't look real because he's like 7'5", with handle, could shoot, could pass, very skilled. But functionally, how does he fit in in the NBA? Because you're not just going to give Bowl Bowl the keys and let him do that like you did in Summer League. So it's really all about how he's going to fit. And then once he fits in, he could show some of those skills that makes him an anomaly at that size. But um, I have seen him play with passion before, and I have seen him play with no passion. So um, I think it could be hit or miss in that department, but I still do believe believe in him because he's super talented, super big and highly skilled for his size. Combo, this could be one of the best podcasts we've recorded. Yeah, we keep getting better, man. Yeah, I mean, from a basketball standpoint to a humor standpoint, I don't know if it gets better than this. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. How are we going to top this? It's crazy. I don't know. Next, next episode, when we give our uh, – I don't know if you want to do it next episode, so I won't, I won't give that tease. But we'll have our whole NBA breakdown coming up. Coach of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP, champions, all that stuff. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Should I sign us out of here? Or is yours? Listen to the MVP podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. His name is his brand. You can listen to Combo's Court. Same place, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, It's Max underscore Ban underscore Aukin on Instagram. It's one, two, Combo on Instagram. Catch us on Twitter as well. I'm Combo's Court on Twitter. It's Max underscore Ban underscore Aukin on Twitter. Don't forget to rate review and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to the believe in magic podcast we're out we're out hey thanks to everyone who listens to combos court across the globe there you have it another episode of combos court big shouts to max big shouts to the believe podcast network subscribe to the believe in magic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts also don't forget to rate review and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combos Court. And if you would like to receive bonus Combos Court content, check out the Combos Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Be on the lookout for episode 406. Combo out.